The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Good morning. Welcome to the Swain Event Fueled by Daddy Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope you are having a wonderful Tuesday, October the 17th, 2023. It is about two minutes past the top of the hour here in beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm joined by my good friend, my bro, Ben McKee, Go Vols 247, Tennessee. Five and one. It is officially the third Saturday in October. Ben McKee, man. Hi. Greetings. How are you? Dude, I couldn't be better. Could not be better. Tennessee. Five and one. If I told you, Ben, that that Sunday after the Florida game, Tennessee would be sitting here uh, at five and one, understanding there's still things to work on. There's still things we need to improve on. Uh, this Tennessee football team, just like every school in the country, has to continue to comp- uh, improve and get better mid-October. But if I told you that Tennessee would be sitting here five and one after the Florida game, would you believe me? Yes. Although I, I don't know that I had a great deal of of confidence that that Tennessee would be five and one, uh, just because of the way Tennessee's defensive line had played in that first half against Florida, and, and I've said a million times since then I I, I did think that that performance was going to prove to be an outlier for the defense, uh, especially the defensive front, and and to this point it has with the way they dominated South Carolina's offensive line and. Texas A&M's offensive line on this past Saturday, uh, but had not seen that yet. And then uh, the the offensive line of Tennessee had been whipped even worse in that football game, especially without Cooper Mays uh, playing that day. And, and Cooper's uh, return to the lineup has certainly made a world of difference. There's no doubt about that uh, as we've watched the offensive line take a huge step forward these last two games. So uh, I, I would have believed you because South Carolina and, and Texas A&M are not juggernauts. They're, they're two home games. Um, but it certainly wasn't a hundred percent, a 100% confidence in, in thinking that they would go five and one just because of the way uh, the line of scrimmage had transpired there in the swamp. You know, seeing what I saw uh, at the swamp, seeing how we could not run the football versus five man boxes, seeing how we could not complete, um, passes that we should have completed uh, defensively being out of position during the run 
uh, allowing holes to be wide open for opposing running backs to run through and take it to the distance. I mean, I, I feel like going further into the season, more and more teams would know more about you and be able to expose you if you didn't improve what you put on film in the Florida game. And since the Florida game, Tennessee has improved that. I, I, you mentioned Cooper Mays coming back, and, and obviously that was a, a big lift for this offense uh, and for the offensive line. But guys have, guys have played better. I mean, I think we've coached better. I think we've played better. And that's what you want to see. That's what you're supposed to do in the course of, of a football season. You, you learn from your mistakes that you make in a win. You learn from the mistakes you make in a loss. And I think Tennessee did that from that Florida game. That was um, a very embarrassing performance. It was a humbling experience, I think, for, for this Tennessee football team. And this weekend... It's the next test. Florida was the first test. This weekend at Alabama is the next test of being able to go on the road and play in a hostile environment. We know how well this team plays at Neyland Stadium, but it's about going on the road, and this is the next test for, for this Tennessee football team. But since the Florida game, things have changed, Ben. A couple things have changed. We have a running game that is as good as any running game in the country. You have a defense that is as good as anyone in the country at rushing the passer. And when you have that, you're able to speed up the quarterback. You're able to generate turnovers. And I wanted to see four sacks from Tennessee, but Tennessee was able to, create 11 quarterback hurries on Max Johnson. And sometimes the hurries are more important than the sack because the hurries can speed up a quarterback resulting in an interception. And I would rather have the ball than sack them and allow them to punt and flip the field. Give me the interception all day long. So 11 quarterback hurries. Max Johnson was on his back all day long. But there are things that need to be to work work on. Now, I want to remind people. Ben, what's what's Tennessee's record? Five and one and two and one in SEC play. Five and one. Okay. Five okay. So so we five and one. All right, I just want to make sure. We we five and one. Um, there's a lot that have has to be corrected and addressed. Um, you know, in the passing game, it's not on one person. I thought more than one person contributed to the passing game not being where it needs to be. Josh Hype took responsibility for his play calling and his in-game management uh, at the end of the game. So that was that was good. I'm glad that he did that because, man, folks would have been calling him out, you know, this week. And I, I think him pointing it out took some pressure off, off of him. Uh, he didn't have his best day. And sometimes you win when you don't have your best day. It happens. And so you learn from that and you, and you try to get better. Um, 
the passing game has to be better. We're putting the ball on the ground. We're throwing it late. We're not catching it. We're not running through the catch. We're not running full speed to finish routes. We're not getting yards after the catch. We're not playing with our hair on fire on the outside. Um, and that that has to improve. Um, our in-game IQ, we, we've had some lapses there. But you can make those corrections a little bit easier when you win. And um, that's what we got to do, Ben. We got we got to do that, man. We got the phones already lit up this morning. We got to do that, Ben. All right, let's go to the phones, Ben. Is that cool with you? Or you want to add something right quick before we hit the phone line? Let, let, let's hit the phone lines. Okay. 865-255-03. Our telephone number to the Swain Event Hotline. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Caleb. What's up, Caleb? <laughs> hey, man, what's going on, guys? Hey, this week feels good, don't it? This week, it, it feels good. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about the third Saturday in October. Listen, I understand there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that probably need to be fixed. There's a lot of areas of the game that we got to do better at. But, man, being A&M, I'm going to take it. You know what I mean? And, and, and I called last Thursday. was talking about how confident – they look confident to me. Um, it looks like I feel for Ramel Keaton. I think he need. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mental block that he's having, or or and, and Swain. Maybe you can speak to that as a receiver. Um, I don't know what's going on with him with the drop balls and everything, but I think he's going to turn it around this week, man. Because I, I I don't know, man. I feel positive about this week. You know, the negativity. If if we're looking for negativity, man, I've I've had it. I've had enough of it. Uh, you know what I mean? So uh, I just wanted to get your take, man, because I know this game means a lot to you as a player, <laughs> and it means a lot to us as fans, especially when you grow up here, uh, born and raised right here in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, you were taught from birth to hate Bama and to hate Florida. And, you know, I'm, I turned 33 years old today. Good birthday, and I man. Hate Bama just, hey, I appreciate it, man. Uh, but I hate Bama just as much now. As I did when I was, you know what I mean, when I was there. And, and this game right here, to me, Swain, uh, it's a legacy game. Uh, these are the kind of games where you're remembered forever. And you go to Bama and you win on the road. That would be a massive thing for not just Joe Milton, but for the entire team. That would be a signature win for Josh Heupel. So I was just wanting to ask, you know, uh, going into this game, um, what does it mean, you know, because I, I can tell you what it means, you know what I mean, but I want it from your perspective, man, because I value your opinion. And, uh, and man, I'll, I'll get off here and, and hang up. But, guys, I just want to thank you all for the opportunity. Thanks for thanks for answering the phone call, and you all have a great day. Hey, thank you, man. Thank <laughs> you. Good to hear from you, Caleb. Um, you're going to hear that this is, this is another game. It's an important game because it's the next game. And um, that's what you're supposed to say. If you are a coach and if you are a player, um, you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself going into a game because emotionally, uh, mentally, 
Like you, you want to have a calm about you. You want to be grounded. You want to be level-headed. You don't want to press, be anxious, and um, cause yourself to overextend, make mistakes. So that's why you hear people say, oh, it's, I mean, it's just another game. It's just the next game. But internally, you know what this game means. Is there another game where you smoke a cigar if you win? Ain't another game on the schedule. Ain't nobody smoking a cigar after beating South Carolina. No one smoking a cigar after beating, you know, Texas A&M. Alabama's the game where you smoke a cigar. So it's not a normal game. It's not just another game. It's an important game, just like the one we just played, but it's not another game. It's not. And um, when you are a freshman, when you play in this game, you become a sophomore. You grow up in this game. Boys become men in this game. Um, it's important. I think uh, Alabama is entering this game with some confidence against Tennessee. I think they also are concerned about some things that Tennessee does very, very well, and they should be. Um, the atmosphere is going to be electric. You better believe it. All that stuff that we've been talking, Tennessee fans have been talking over the last couple of months, you, you, you know they put that in their back pockets and they want to use that as motivation. Speaking about the Bama fans, in terms of creating an atmosphere to help their you know, team have the advantage. But um, certainly going to be a good one, Ben. It's going to be different than last year, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it will be. I would be surprised if it's 52-49 to 49 <laughs> like it was last year inside of Neyland Stadium. I, I think it'll be more along the lines of, the football game that each of these teams played this past weekend, rock fights uh, against Texas A&M and Arkansas. Uh, I, I, going back to your point about the passing game, uh, Joe Milton, for me, doesn't inspire a, a, a ton of confidence that, that he can go on the road uh, and and win at Bryant-Denny Stadium, if, if I'm being completely honest. But there are a lot of things about this Tennessee football team that, that are really clicking right now that absolutely gives you a chance to go into Brian Denny and, and win. So I, I think the quarterback play does need to pick up along with the receivers uh, if if Tennessee wants to, to win this weekend. Um, but with the way that, that Tennessee is getting after the quarterback defensively, and, and you look at Alabama's issues this year protecting the quarterback, th that is something that can absolutely dominate a football game and lead you to a win. That, that is something that will travel. Uh, regardless of, of where you play, and even at, at big old Brian Denny Stadium against big old Alabama, that, that will translate. Uh, and and Jalen Milrow, uh, he, he, he is turnover prone. And just just like Max Johnson, if, if you can get some pressure on him, get a guy in his face, you, you can kind of get some hits on him, uh, he, he's going to turn the football over uh, because he begins to think too much. Now, he's a heck of an athlete. That, that'll present a different challenge. You're, you're going to have to bottle him up inside the pocket uh, you didn't really have to worry about that with Max Johnson. But uh, with the way Tennessee's running the football and the way they're getting after the quarterback, they can absolutely go down to Tuscaloosa and and win this football game. It, it's a different football team than last year, uh, and, and that's okay. They're still pretty good in a lot of areas. 
865-255-503. You can send us a text question comments on the text box on the Swain event app. It is free. Android Apple devices. Text box is brought to you by Beatty Chevrolet and BeattyChevrolet.com. We'll take a first time out of the morning. We'll go back to the phones and uh, we'll continue the conversation. Man, Tennessee gets to win over Texas A&M to go 5-1. and one. 20 to 13 dub over AM. And uh, now it's about moving forward and um, starting a little streak against Alabama. Can Tennessee do that? We'll talk about the previous game, the game ahead, as we continue here on the Swain event. Stay with us. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. A65 25503 Swain Event Hotline. And joining us on the hotline today is Tramel. Tramel. Good morning, sir. Tramel, you there? Oh, here we go. Hold on. Hold on, Tramel. That's my bad. I got you. There we go, yeah, Tramel. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm here. Are you here? There we go, Tramel. <laughs> we got you. Let's do it, do. What's up? What's up? My ball brethren. What's up? 
What's up, man? We five and one. Ugh. You know I hate this week right here. This is my week right here. I love it. I love the situation we in. So the Joe situation. This is it, Joe. This is it. This is gonna be your best chance to get that on going. They gonna probably put eight men in the box. This is gonna be some of the best reads. Receivers, y'all gotta get open. I don't know if you can attest to some of this or is some of the receivers like off their routes a little bit? Are they not running the correct routes? Uh as some of our veteran guys used to. Um, you know, I can kinda of, I can see it from T V but you know, you can't really tell if and I don't know what the play calls are either. And I know you can't really don't know either. But uh <clears throat> you know, um I I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but I feel like this could be the best week for Joe. You know what I'm saying? The way they ran on that Texas A&M defense and the way Alabama couldn't run on that Texas A&M defense, it almost seems like that the game plan is to stop the run at any at any cost and make Joe beat you. Why, uh, why do you think this, this week is, is the, the best opportunity for Joe and – not this because they, because uh, Alabama's going to do everything they can to stop our run game. I mean, bringing more guys down, you have you're going to have safeties probably cheating with their eyes and trying to get in the run game. I just see this possibly being the best week he can get his arm going. I mean, just just from a schematic standpoint, wouldn't you wouldn't you agree? I mean, because I mean, if I'm Alabama, if I'm Alabama. You know what I'm saying? And that run game just ran on them, and we couldn't run on them. I'm doing everything I can to stop the run, right? And making Joe beat you. Like, every single every single play, you almost sell out on it, almost. Because when you seem to make a, a crazy play in, in the red zone, I mean, this just seems like, to me, this would be the best week for the receivers to get it going in one-on-one coverage. And Joe, to see the field, and it's going to be quick. He's going to have to get rid of the ball. But I don't, and that's I guess that's the issue. I mean, his his, his his situational awareness is just it's terrible. I was talking to my sons about it last week. Uh, I was like, y'all got to have situational awareness better. Like if it's four for two, or if it's if it's third and eight, you got to know what the sticks are. Like just just knowing just certain things is happening in the game. You know what I'm saying? Just being in, ingrained in the game. Um, I don't know. That's just my perspective. I just really feel like this could be the biggest week for Joe to actually get his arm going just because I think they will sell out on the run a little bit more and put more guys in the box or bring a safety down or even safety's cheating, um, cheating up, eyes look, cornerbacks' eyes looking in the backfield. I mean, I just really feel that's going to be a big issue with the Alabama defense this week. Um, just ain't like your old school Alabama. I mean, they're still good. They really, the front seven still really, really good, as they always going to be. But that secondary, um, you know, I don't know. That is my perspective. I don't know. What do you think about it? Well, I think AM secondary was, is worse than what we're going to see this weekend from Alabama. Um, so I feel like this past weekend was the was the best opportunity for the passing game um, to to take a step forward. Because you're playing at home, and the crowd's not going to be loud when you're on offense. But right. when you're playing on the road, especially in Alabama after you beat them and Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. It's like, gonna be loud. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be loud. It's gonna be loud. So you know, that's gonna present some some extra challenges there. I think uh, Bama secondary is better than Texas A and M. Uh, they got a you know, freshman that's that's really good. Uh, that's that's playing well. They can tackle in space. Um, they are top 
three in sacks. You know, Tennessee is, is top three, too. Alabama mm-hmm. is number two, and A&M is number one. So they can get to the passer just like we can get to the passer. Um, so Joe has to be, you know, really decisive in, in his decision-making. And, um, you know, I, I thought uh, he ran the ball harder in the second half. Um, I thought that was uh, a really key uh, point in the football game because uh, we carried the fight to, to A&M. It was more physical to them, um, and, and Joe was part of that. Uh, I agree with you know, the awareness that, that has to be better in um, you know, situations, you know, third down, got a free play. Um, you know, instead of throwing it up or going to pick up first down, we ran out of bounds a little short. Uh, and then we couldn't pick up the first down on, on the next play on the run. That has to be better, no doubt about it. Uh, there was a fourth down play where we uh, rolled out. Uh, I think the play calling could have been better, but it, it, if you're Joe, you, you have to understand that it's fourth down. Like, you can't you can't run out of bounds. Um, if you don't want to make the throw, go put your head down and go, and go pick up the first down. Uh, I, I feel like Joe has some runs where he, he – he was reminded that he was 245. He put their best player on defense out uh, of the football game, uh, just ran him over. And I, I thought that was a big cone setter uh, during the course of the football game that, that helped this team uh, win the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, a, it's gonna be a, I think, a tougher challenge on the road in the passing game. But, uh, Tremel, like, receivers got to be better. Joe has to be better. Do you, I mean, do you think that um... – that is, you know what I'm saying, that the offensive coordinator, I mean, because at the end of the season, right, when we played Clemson, like he looked like he, you know what I'm saying, looked like Joe was like ready. We looked, he looked like he was going to be him. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was, I watched that, I was there live watching that. And it was like, he was really dissecting the defense and he just looked so poised. What is it this year? I mean, what what happened? Is it to change the offensive coordinator? Is, is there something that, um, that, that we can do to actually change it up? And, um, I mean, and if all this fails, I mean, we we saying Nico's a freshman, but he's been here almost a year. Jamel, coming don't, up, don't 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 go there. I mean, I'm just saying he's been here for almost a year, though, right? Nico ain't ready. Yeah, Nico ain't ready. Okay. you don't put Nico in right yeah. now. I don't, and I don't think Nico is is like the answer. I understand. No, I'm, like I understand I wanting that. to see him, and I understand saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. man, we, you know, we, we we did all this to get him." Well. Now he ain't ready. If he ain't ready, I, I he ain't ready. Yeah. Exactly. He would have been in. He would have been in. He would have been in. He would have been, been, been in. So I, I, I feel that. I already, I already know. But, but I'm just. Let me ask you a question. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. Let me ask you a question about the Orange Bowl then. Mm-hmm. Jamel, same person calling plays in the Orange Bowl is calling plays now. Remember, Alex Gold right. left. I know. I know. Exactly. Yeah. That's my thing. So that's what's killing me. Hypo had an off day. He said he had an off day. It happens. He had an off day. Uh, on, on Saturday, um, we got to be better on the outside. Joe has to be better right. in certain situations. There are times when Joe is on point, and right. guys on the outside either drop a pass or don't run through the catch. There's times That's when you no, know, we do our job on the outside. Uh, you know, Ramel had a slant pattern going into the mm-hmm. south end zone, and the ball was behind him. So, like, it's it's either or. It's either quarterback or receiver, and they just haven't been able to to get on the same page consistently. That's what's going on. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna replace you're gonna replace Joe, put Nico in, and then have the same issues with receivers. 
at least you have thinking, a guy in Joe that you can you know run the ball with, um, and you know he's a little bit more uh, experienced in um, you know handling you know the offense and run checks and um, you know, managing. You don't you don't want to throw Nico out there right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I kind of was really wondering. It's like, I mean, because apparently he ain't ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because he would have been out there. You know what I'm saying? With, with the mistakes that's been made. You know what I'm saying? He would have been. And out then. There. I like the Chaz. I like the Chaz and Joe uh, connection. I guess that comes from uh, you know them being, you know playing second team last year together because um, it seemed like that was almost of a, a, a instant connection because bro got grabbed like three, two or three times on on balls he would probably would have caught um, on those PIs man in the game. Yeah, um, we'll never get calls. Well, well Jamel, so, you know, I, I I'll tell you this, Jamel, and thanks thanks for the phone call. We got to run. Um, you know, Chaz did a really good job, Ben, of, of catching the ball in traffic on slant patterns. I was very, very impressed with with his focus because catching the ball is just is all focus. That's what it is. It's it's hand eye coordination and your ability to focus on the target, no matter what's going on around you. Like it's just focus. And Chaz did a really good job of catching the ball uh, and tra- traffic. As Chaz gets stronger, because he obviously needs to get stronger on some of his uh, catches, he allowed the DB to toss them, and throw them around like a rag dog, which I didn't like. like. Don't let them do that to you, Chaz. Don't let that. Don't let them do that to you. Stiff arm them. Stand up. Hold your ground. Make the referee call the whistle for your forward progress stopping. Don't let them just throw you to the ground. No, we're not doing that. But I thought Chaz um, did a good job early, man. I really do. One thing I would add to to what y'all were saying about the quarterback situation, and and I completely agree with with everything that you all were were saying uh, in terms of Joe's outlook going forward. You you can't continue to miss guys that are open down the field either. That 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 felt like to me that was something that was as bad as it's ever been under Joe. Which I mean, one? there there were numerous times sitting up in the press box where it was clear that a guy was open and Joe just did not see them or did not go their way. I mean, he he was missing guys out with the flat that he could have dumped it off to when nobody was within 10 to 15 yards of them. Uh, he, he missed what appears to be from the outside looking in simple throws over the middle of the field at the second level of guys running open. And instead he tries to force it down the field to Ramel Keaton and into double triple coverage to the guy who can't catch the football right now. When you got squirrel coming out of the backfield with the motion in the flat wide open, Jacob Warren over the middle of the field at the second level wide open. And then he tries to force the ball down to, to Ramel Keaton down the field mm-hmm. covered and Ramel Keaton can't catch the football right now. So uh, I, I did feel like that was an issue more than than we've seen with Joe to this point in, in terms of missing open guys, that's not something that continue on top of this trend all of a sudden of throwing into double coverage and getting picked off. The, there was that streak of him not throwing an interception, and now all of a sudden as we've gotten into SEC play, Joe kind of can't stop throwing interceptions. Uh, threw one at, at Florida, which wasn't completely his fault. I recognize that one. That there was pressure in his face, and that impacted the, the throw there. He he didn't – we talked about it at the time. He didn't purposely throw the football straight up into the air like social media 
made it out to be. He, he got hit wow. while he was trying to get rid of the football. So I, I, I get that one. But he had the bad interception against South Carolina, uh, and then he also had the bad interception uh, on Saturday against A&M uh, after one of those very, very nice runs that he had, Swain. Yeah. And I thought that was a, another moment of him maybe needing to have a little more awareness uh, in terms of he was very excited after that run on the previous play because he ran over another A&M defender. And, and I understand being excited in that moment and, and running somebody over, but as a quarterback, I feel like you need to snap and clear quicker than everybody else on the offense and, and maybe not jaw as much and, and get back in the huddle and focus on the next play. And I thought there was a, a lack of focus on the next play, which led to the interception of of him throwing to somebody that everybody in the stadium could see didn't need to be thrown the football in the end zone in, in Dante Thornton uh, because he, he was already covered and the safety was coming over the top. So uh, Nico, it's not time to have that conversation, but as we get into November, Joe can't continue to miss wide open guys, multiple open receivers down the field and continue to force the ball into coverage like he's done the past couple of weeks because those are two things he started started to do more of lately that he was not doing at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And guys got to catch the ball and run the route full speed. Absolutely. I, yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, not a, it's not an or because, you know, people – I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying, but it's not an or. It's an and. Like, and – you got to have guys on the outside doing their jobs because there's times – because if Joe is messing up every time, then Joe wouldn't be in there. What's happening is when when Joe is doing everything he's supposed to do and he delivers the football where he's supposed to deliver it, then guys on the outside are not either catching it or running routes correctly or not running through routes. Um, and so it takes two for connection in the passing game. That means both players have to be doing their job on top of everyone else doing theirs. Um, there's, dude, there was one play. I think it was a fourth down play. It was a fourth down play. Would y'all ran out of bounds? You had two guys in the same area. Somebody ran the wrong yep. route. Yep, that, that's... That's the play that I was about to to bring up to to you. The the spacing looked really really. Somebody ran the wrong awkward. route, wrong, wrong depth. Who did? So, but if you're Joe, you gotta be like, well, I got, it's fourth down. I gotta go just run and get pick up the yards. But that's 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 what I'm talking about. Like it, it's and it's yes, Joe has to be better. But many people omit looking at everybody else. And I'm not. That, it's everybody we, we, needing to do, yes. uh, do a better job on top of Joe. Well, that's because the the easiest thing to do as a football fan is is look at the quarterback, right? Correct. It, it's it's the easiest person to blame, and and it, it's the easiest person to to praise as as well. Because I mentioned Joe uh, missing several guys, in my opinion, that were open down the field on Saturday. There were also instances in which uh, Joe didn't have anywhere to go with the football, in in which all three, four receivers down the field were covered, were, were not open. And he, he was either sacked or had to throw the ball away or or took off and, and ran with the football. It, it's just 
there's there's a whole lot of reasons why that this passing game has not clicked this year. Uh, I I think Joe has played really poorly the last two football games. Uh, quite frankly, um, I, I thought these have been his worst two performances, which doesn't inspire confidence going forward because he's not getting better as the season progresses. It, it feels like he's trending the opposite direction. Um, but I guess that is a separate conversation. But he, even when Joe is struggling, even on the plays that he does struggle, the other plays, like the one to score white down the sideline, Joe makes a nice play getting out of the pocket, I, I believe, uh, with pressure in his face and, and kind of making a nice throw to squirrel on, on the sideline and, and squirrel trips over his own feet. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to completely throw squirrel under the bus because, unfortunately, that, that happens in sports. You, you trip over your own feet at times. But I'm pointing that out to, to say that it's just always something going wrong with the passing attack right now, whether it's Joe messing up, whether it's Ramel Keaton dropping a, a pass, whether it's something as simple as Squirrel White tripping over his, his own feet, whether it's two receivers being in the same area because they, they didn't run their route correctly. It, it's just one thing after the next. And I, I've been very surprised that there's been so many issues in the passing game this season. And it is something that will have to get cleaned up because I, I don't know when it will be, but there will be a game because it's football and it plays out like this. There will be a game where the running game isn't able to carry you as an offense and you're going to have to make plays down the field to help the running game out. I don't know what game that's going to be. It, it could be this weekend. It, it could be next weekend when Georgia comes to town, but there will be a weekend when Tennessee can't run the football as well as they have been running it. And they're going to have to make plays down the field. And at, at this current rate, they're, they're not going to be able to get the job done on the day that that comes and they're, they're going to have to find a way to help out this Russian attack more because uh, I was surprised, Swain, that A&M kind of went light in the box uh, the majority of the first half, I guess, uh, in, in trying to slow down Tennessee's run game. I, I think it looked like they thought that they could get away with the front four, uh, slowing down the run game and, and dropping guys in the coverage, and, and Tennessee was able to take great advantage of that. I, I think as the season progresses, you're going to see more teams filling up the box and, and trying to make this passing attack beat them over the top. I'm going to make this last point. I'm going to go to the phones. Um, last year, obviously we were better passing than we were running the football. Um, and he's putting us a big point and winning games by uh, – Nice, nice margins, and um, I, I want to apologize to um, this Tennessee offensive line and to our running backs because we've we've done the show for forty minutes, and we've talked more about what this past game has not done. Um, in the last two games or this season. But Tennessee rushed the football for 232 yards versus a top 10 rush defense in the country, a team that's been top 10 in recruiting the last couple of years, a team that was number one in recruiting uh, not too long ago, a team that had more talent in Tennessee. And Tennessee was able to run the football, something that we didn't think Tennessee would be able to do 
the same as they did it versus South Carolina. And so, although I agree um, with a lot of your points about where we need to be with our passing game, um, I am apologizing because the running game should be getting more recognition. Jalen Wright should be getting more recognition. Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson should be getting more recognition. And our offensive line should be getting more recognition because they were able to move dudes, multiple guys on the defensive line that will be playing on Sundays. We 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 physically whipped them. So let me get to the phones. 865-255-03. Good morning. Who do we have? Hey, gentlemen, it's Rusty. Hey, Rusty, what's up, man? Um, I thought Tremel brought up a good point, and it was actually what I was going to call about today. Um, first of all, I hope you guys are well. You too. Uh, yeah, man, great. Everything's good. It's too early out here, but you know. Um, the biggest question for me coming into this week at Alabama is what will Saban do defensively? Will he do what he always does, which is play single high man with at a nickel and have the nickel always play to the wide side of the field and never bring him to the boundary? Um, or will he do what everybody else has done to us this year, like Tramel said, which is try to stop us from running with a light box and play a really, really, really big zone. Whether A&M on first and 10 during the ball game the other day was in cover four with both corners 12 yards off the ball and both safeties 18 yards off the ball. Like, they, like, like it was third and 19, and they were just trying to let us have a 12-yard pass at the snap on a first and 10 at midfield. And they pretty much were in that type of look all game. The week before, they were in exclusively against Alabama, nothing but single high. I went back and watched both ball games. That people are defending us totally different than they than they normally play against everybody else. Will Saban play like everybody else is, which is you're not throwing over the top on us. You're going to have to beat us by going five, six yards at a, at a pop, handing the ball off, or throwing bubble screens because it's the right way to defend us. Let us go 20 to 20, and then when we get to the red zone, make us kick field goals, which is basically what A&M did. A&M let us go 20 to 20. And then they tried, and then they shortened the field. They shortened up their coverage when it got when it got crunched. What will Saban do? I think I think Saban will play us like we've been being played, and he'll say we got a little bit better coaching, we got better players, we're playing at home, and we should have better results than what A and M and South Carolina um, had. I mean, uh, wow, the woes are the woes I, for this passing game. And so it'll be so, what beat them last so year was explosive plays. It'll be so weird for Saban to like go against who he is at his core, you know? Hey, at his core, Rusty, he was a defensive coach that believed in running the football. But oh, I know. But yeah, and he, and somewhere he, along the yeah, line, he went out and, and got Tua and Bryce Young and was throwing the ball forty times a game. So you got to do what you got to do to win. You got to adapt. That's a great. That's a great point. That is. That's, <laughs> That's so true. He has evolved when he needs to. Yep. But boy, he he, it's got it's got a for all these guys. Like even Florida's guy, Florida's guy is a play seven eight in the box and bring exotic pressures and play single high, and they did none of that against us. They did it the first uh, our first position, the, the, the first drive, the, the first drive, mm-hmm. the first drive, and we hit squirrel deep, and he's like, oh, never mind, yep. let's go ahead and switch that up. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. That and that's it. We haven't. We we're not going to get the wide open guys just running in space deep with the coverages we're seeing that we're used to the last two years. Well, we not. You know what I mean? Have, we don't have Jalen Hyatt. We don't have um, well, you know Javante Payton speed on the outside either right now. And they're, oh, not, know, but they're not operating with the same tempo that that they have the first two years, and and, yeah. and I think that's indicative of of how confident they are in that the quarterback position right now. Yeah, I wasn't really talking about us outrunning people. I was talking about the plays where in the Florida game at home last year, we snapped the ball and Brew was jogging twelve yards down the left sideline, and there's nobody within fifteen feet of him. Oh there's, yeah, there's that, nobody. That's, that was man. That was a switch route. That was man. Right, we're not, we're not, we're not getting any of those type of coverages wow. where we can get wow. because wow. people were playing that people were backing way off of yeah. us and just daring us to run. Yeah, that's I mean that, that's that's universal right now. That's pro game too. Yeah. yeah, that's what they start doing to Mahomes, well, right? Yeah, everybody doing that, Rusty. So well, that that, that that's why hey, Rusty, we got to go, man. Tempo. Love y'all. See ya. Thanks for for the phone call, Rusty. Um, but Swain, that that's why I brought up the tempo is because. I know fans got irritated watching the uh, 2021 Alabama game in, in Tuscaloosa, Heupel's first year, and, and Greg McElroy's on the call. And the, the the only reason Tennessee was able to have success is because the tempo and Alabama not being able to line up and, and this and that. But uh, that, that, that did contribute the last two seasons that the tempo did to catching defenses off guard in the secondary and receivers being able to run past them. And there hasn't been a single time this season where they've done that. And I think that correlates with the, the tempo not being what it has been the last two years. 865-255-03. We'll go back to the phones. We'll go back to the text box. Swing event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. You're listening to the Swain event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swainament crew. 
Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're an everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Swain Event Fuel by Dan Barbecue. Let's go straight to the phones. We got our guy Jay who has been waiting patiently. Jay, good morning, sir. Fellas, good morning. Good morning, uh, good morning. So, let, let me ask y'all, uh, is, is it, I'm not saying uh, bench Joe Milton, but is it is Nico really just that far behind where we couldn't even give him a series just to see what he could do? Is it, is it really is his development and just to the point that it's just not, he wouldn't be any better than what Joe is doing right now. Why? Why would you just give him a series to see what he's doing? I mean, you're, 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 you've won the last two games in the SEC. You're running a football well, successfully. Your defense that, is, is is keeping you in games and helping you win. Well, I well because we I, I think the the clock's going to strike midnight on us eventually with this. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, you know, you had a hundred yards passing your 126 in the country out of 131 teams of passes of 20 yards or more. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, cause I, I'll, I'll say it. I, I don't think Joe Milton's a good quarterback. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. And, uh, he's been playing six years of college football. And, uh, I, I think it, he's what he is. And I, I think that's not a very good quarterback. And that's fine. Uh, you, can, you can feel that way, Jay. I'm just all I'm saying is you're you're saying put him out there for a series to see what he does. Like if you if you put Nico out there, you can't look back. Like you can't yo-yo the quarterbacks. So are you prepared well, to go with Nico for the rest of the season and risk? Playing a quarterback who physically may not take the, be able to take the beatings that Joe can take, um, and roll the rest of the season with a different quarterback. Are you are you ready to do that? I, I tell you what, Swain, I, and we're five, mean, and we're pretty, five to one. It's, it's pretty bad. Jay, it's we're five to one. Right Tennessee is is running the football better than most teams in the country, and you have a defense that. Um, is playing great too. So, like, do do you want to disrupt what's going on right now? I do. I want to disrupt our passing game. Yes. What? Well, but you, you, you can't just take the quarterback out on passes. <laughs> that's a, that, ain't, that ain't the way it works, Jay. So, like, I, I get what I you're saying. That. If we continue to play how we're playing in the passing game, and Ben said it, like it it may cost us. It's going to cost us. Strike is going to to strike out. But don't you wait until it actually happens before making a move that you may not need to make because you're still winning games. I think, Swain, if we if we do lose this game and, and Joe has 100, 150 yards passing and it's clear he's just 
it's another struggle game for him. I mean, at that point, you're kind of playing for the Duke's Mayo Bowl or a Citrus Bowl or some kind of bowl like that. I mean, at that point, then I would say, you know, why not give this kid a chance? I mean, what what exactly are we playing for at that point? Because I don't – I guess what I'm saying, Swain, is as it – you know, look, I could be wrong. We'll see. But I don't think we're beating Georgia and Alabama playing like this. That's why I say that. I think losses are coming. So you – I just don't. I don't think we can run the ball right down their throat and make them like it, like we have against Virginia and South Carolina and some of those teams. And I get A and M is a talented team, but A and M is a three and three football team. They're a talent. They're they're kind of they're like A and M's kind of been like that O five Tennessee team. They got talent, but they lose plenty of games. It's like so. It's not. You know they they still they're still putting up L's on the on the schedule yeah, on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean they're they're still more they're still more talented than us, and right. you know we were we were able to beat them. I, uh, listen, I'm not sitting here saying Joe has been, you know, great from from the pocket, um, mm-hmm. and he's been the best passer. I I get the frustration, a hundred percent. What what I'm saying is, are you replacing Joe because you feel like everybody else is doing what they're supposed to be doing, and Joe is the last piece to get this offense? Um, on the same track because if you replace Joe Nico and you still got receivers dropping balls, you still got receivers not running the correct routes and not getting mm-hmm. separation and not running full speed. What have you accomplished? Did you did you feel like A and M? I you know Rusty had a good breakdown, but did you feel like A and M really? Sell, I would just completely sell out every snap on stopping the pass or excuse me stopping the run. No, I would I wouldn't be afraid. I don't know why. Mm-mm. people would be afraid of us going over the top or down the field with Joe Milton as our quarterback. Mm-mm. I wouldn't, I would that. not be, af- I wouldn't be afraid of that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Jay. I disagree. That's, I mean, that Florida play this you, man. You think, man. you think Joe Milton could, you think Joe Milton could beat people hitting vertical shots? I I would not put myself in a position where Florida put itself in the first possession um, and say, okay, we're going to load the box. We're going to make, reads easy for Joe yep. where it's one-on-one on the outside I'm just, and, and let Joe throw it up and let Joe throw go routes. I'm not doing that. No, I'm going to make, make, I'm going to make Joe you, think. yeah, I'm going to make you throw it timing. I'll make you throw it anticipation rhythm. And I'm going to, if you want to move the ball, great. In the red zone, we know that you have to throw with the same anticipation and timing, if not better. And we'll just make you kick field goals. Like that's, that's, that's how I would play Tennessee. I would not sell out for the run. Ben, Ben, what do you think? I mean, what do you think of uh, Joe's performance so far? I mean, I mean, I think because this is my thing. Even if you give him the drops back, because he's had some drops. I mean, hell, we saw that. I mean, that Ramel Keaton play. I've never seen anything like that. But I think even if you give him the drops back, he's still at, at the end of the day, he's not a good quarterback. But I mean, do you? What do you think, Ben? Uh, I I said before this past break uh that that I thought he played very poorly against South Carolina and Texas A&M and is trending in the wrong direction and the amount of guys he missed open against A&M and him now all of a sudden as of late trying mm-hmm. to push the ball into situations that that the the football doesn't need to be pushed into throwing in the double and and triple coverage and uh a couple of interceptions resulting off that 
I, I don't think that inspires confidence going forward, and and that's why I think he is trending in the wrong direction, uh, which you would hope that for Joe being back as a full-time starter with, with a month, month and a half under his belt of, of playing, you would hope that he would be getting better as the season goes on, and I don't feel like he's getting better. I, I feel like he's he's getting worse, and, and I don't think he's drastically getting worse to the point to where uh, Nico needs to to be thrown into the football game um, because I I do think there are several other pieces around Joe that also need to step it up and and help Joe out uh, and, and go make a play for Joe. I I think that would help a, a ton uh, as well. But th- there's no doubt that Joe has not played well these last two games, and, and I don't have a ton of confidence that that he can play well on the road in Tuscaloosa against Alabama this weekend. Uh, so. I, I, I'm the, the Nico conversation to me is early November at best. If if he struggles this weekend and, and he struggles at Kentucky and, and he continues to, to get picked off and, and, and continues to miss guys that are, that are open, then, okay. I, I think you maybe reevaluate some things, the, the Yukon week, that, that first week of, of, of November uh, and, and evaluate where Nico is at, at that point. And, if you think that Nico is not going to miss open receivers, if if you don't think he's going to push the ball in, in the double and triple coverage, then okay, maybe you consider it at that point. But right now I just think there's too much else that is also going wrong in the passing game to to where you can just single-handedly blame it on, on Joe. Um, but I, I do not think he's playing well right now, at, at least as of these last two football games. Well, I, I hear what y'all are saying. Um, I, Look, the quarterback obviously touches the ball more than anybody else, and I think when you have a quarterback like that, everything can look out of rhythm. I mean, you know, Dabo benched Kelly Bryant when they were undefeated for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler, who's probably the best quarterback in the SEC, got benched for a true freshman. Jalen Hurts got benched in the national championship game for a true freshman. So it's not like it's unheard of, and it's you know, my I guess my thing is, and y'all, I guess, Wayne, you're saying it's not the case, but my thing is, does the offense look more in sync? Does it look better if you have a quarterback who's more adept to being better in the passing game? Uh, but if it's just the receivers, too, then, you know, hey, so, so be it. But um, it's just sad because I think, you know, look, we got a great defense this year, and we got this three-headed monster at running back. I think we could be a really good team, a really good team, if we just had an average passing game. We we are literally dead last in the SEC for explosive plays. And I just think if we were middle of the road with our running game and defense, this would be a whole different type of team. But I don't know why anybody would be afraid of our passing game right now, guys. I'll, I'll hang up. I appreciate the call. Y'all have a good morning. No, they're not afraid of the passing game, but they are afraid of their running game. And um, my question to Jay was, you going to make a move right now and not look back? You going to make a move with confidence that that everything else will continue to be good and the passing game will be fixed or better? It's the whole 80-20 rule. Like, all right, you want that last 20%, but you make a move to get it, do you still get the other 80 and I don't know. Again, I'll reiterate. I'm not sitting here 
saying that, that Joe has not um, made mistakes and he doesn't need to play better. But I know how this stuff works because I've been on a team where we had multiple quarterbacks and guys got benched. And I know the thought process that goes goes uh, into it. And so, like, if you move to Nico with a healthy Joe, like, there's no looking back. None, because I, I, I don't think that Joe would, would handle that well either. Uh, so, at, at that point, I, that, that would just be a – but who cares? But who cares though about about Joe handling it well? Yes, Hypo's job is to is to put the right guys in the position to win football games. Okay, yes. that's his that's uh, his job, and yes. that's what he's tried to do since he's been here. When Joe got hurt in twenty one, Hendon came in and was better. He felt like uh, Joe was better during the quarterback competition in fall, um, and, and and maybe in practice, Joe was better. I'm pretty sure he was better. But you can't hit the quarterback. In a live situation during the game, Hendon proved that he was better in 2021. And when Joe was healthy, did Joe go back in? No, he didn't go back in because Hendon gave Josh Heupel the best chance to win. And last year, Hendon was a starter and won and gave Tennessee the best chance to win. And so we've had two years of Josh Heupel with the quarterback position um, where he's produced results. We've trusted him. He's proven over the long haul of his career that he knows how to develop quarterbacks and manage quarterbacks. But now we don't trust Josh Heupel's judgment, and we feel like a quarterback that we have not seen, but we just expect him to just be better than Joe because we feel like Joe can't get any worse, and Nico just has to be better than Joe in the passing game, which he may – May not be, I don't know, but hell, you don't know either because you ain't watching any practice. And so, if you're ready to make that move, my question is: Is it for the rest? Are you ready to make it for the rest of the season? Because that's what you have to do. You, you right. can't go that, back. That's what if you do that. that. That's why I made my point about Joe checking out because if if you made it right now today, you may need Joe again. Because Nico has a true freshman body, he is tall, he is lanky, and Tennessee has some physical football games coming up. So if if you made the move today, you, you would probably need Joe uh, again, uh, un, unless luck is is on your side and, and Nico is able to avoid injury the, the rest of the season. Um, but I mean, it's it's just now is not the time to have that conversation. I I, I don't think you begin to entertain that conversation uh, until games against Alabama and, and Kentucky on the road go south, and maybe you you evaluate that the, the UConn week to, to start uh, November. And I, I I get why we're having this conversation because it, it's the quarterback position. It, it's, it's the most polarizing position in all of sports. Uh, it, it's the, the position that everybody sees with the football in their hands on, on every single play. But this is a good Tennessee football team. Is it last year's? No. Is it a great team? Probably not. Does Joe inspire confidence with his play going into Tuscaloosa? No. But Tennessee can still absolutely win this football game on Saturday because it is a good 
good football team. And, and I don't know why our football society is like this in 2023, but it's it's unpopular to have a team that is led by your defense. That 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 is a defensive centric team. Uh, th- this defense is elite, I think, right now. Uh, with how they've been playing the next couple of weeks. And, and I, I think they're going to give Alabama a, a huge test this Saturday. I, I, I think they have the ability to give Georgia a huge test next month, uh, especially if Brock Bowers is, is not able to play. So I, I don't know – well, I know how because offenses have exploded in, in recent years over the last decade or so. But n- now it's it's like it's not okay to have a team where w- your best – unit on the field is is your defense and that's just what Tennessee is this season and that's perfectly okay because although Joe may not be playing to the best of his ability you can still win a lot of football games with the way they're running the football the way they're playing defense and the way they're playing special teams that that is a perfectly fine recipe to win football games because at the end of the day there's still W's in the win column yeah I mean pointing out the 100 yards of Joe Milton I get that uh, Ramel catches a touchdown pass. That's that's a touchdown. Uh, I don't know how many yards that would have been, but that'd have been that'd have been a nice chunk. And then the 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 corner route that Joe threw, where Ramel slowed down, that would have been a catch if he would have called it. Uh, and that's two hundred yards right there for you. Um, and so that would have been pretty much in line with what Joe has done uh, from a passing number standpoint during the season. He's been uh, over you know, two. 200 uh, or more yards. I thought Joe ran the football better than any other time uh, this season. I don't even care about what he did in the UTSA game. He had a long run. That was great, but it's UTSA. But but Joe was running starting linebackers over and knocking them out of the game. He was falling forward. Uh, I saw what his runs did to that Tennessee sideline. I saw what those runs, him finishing runs, did for his offense. No one loves those type of runs from a quarterback more than their offensive offensive line. And that offensive line got more confident. Um, and you saw our running backs feed off that too. We were finishing runs all day long, and Joe was doing it too. So I, I get looking at the number. I get looking at, you know, certain things in the game where Joe didn't do well. I like I like to tell the whole story. I don't, I don't have a, a narrative about – wanting to see Nico or I'm tired of Joe. I'm going to tell the whole story. Then the whole story is there's bad, there's good. And changes are made in the quarterback position when you feel like everybody else is doing their job and the quarterback is the one holding you back from being the team you need to be. And then until Josh Heupel feels that way, there's not a change going to be made, guys. Nope. And – the, the best thing that Joe provided in, in terms of running the football is that it made A&M's defense account for his legs. I mean, they they, they really, really had to account for him uh, keeping the football. It, it looked like they ran some designed runs to, to do so, and it certainly paid off. Uh, Joe, Joe, Joe was really good running the football outside of the one blunder on the free play where he ran out of bounds short of the sticks. The the other one on fourth down, that one did not bother me as much. I I, I didn't think it was the same as the first one on the free play um, because, to, to me, I, I did think Joe wanted to, A, the spacing was off 
in the route tree, uh, like we mentioned earlier, Swain. And then I think once Joe recognized that that the spacing was off and, and somebody did not run their right route, it looked like Joe said, okay, I'm going to go run for this first down, but then realized that he wasn't going to get to the marker because A&M had, had closed closed that gap. And, and, and I did not think he was going to make it to the marker. And, and that's when he kind of pulled up and tried to throw the football there. Uh, and it was an incomplete pass, but was almost picked off on the sideline. But obviously it's fourth down, throw it anyways. Uh, an interception there doesn't really matter because it's fourth down. Uh, I, I did not think that that was the same as the earlier one in the game on the free play where he ran out of bounds short of the sticks. And I I saw a lot of people talking about that in the same vein. It's, it's pretty simple. But Joe's legs are they're going to need him to use those legs this this weekend uh, as well against uh, Alabama. We had somebody yep. earlier on the text box uh, ask about Alabama's defensive front and how good is it? And and it is very good. To to me it's very similar in terms of overall talent to the A&M defensive front. I I just think it's different. I think A&M is stronger on the interior. I think Alabama is stronger out on the perimeter and out on the edge. Uh, so I, I'm not sure what that will mean for, for Tennessee's game planning and, and uh, different styles of, of runs that, that they use. But overall, talent's the same. <laughs> Alabama A&M, two of the best defensive fronts you're going to see in college football, along with Tennessee's, um, but just, just kind of a, a different makeup of, of A&M being stronger in the interior, in my opinion, and Alabama stronger out on the edge. At the end of the day, man, you got to find a way to win. You got to find a way to execute. Um, A&M was good enough to win the game in a lot of areas of the football game. But they gave up a special team touchdown. Um, I mean, Tennessee had over 100 yards of penalties. And and A&M got beat again by a, a team that had over 100 yards and penalties. <laughs> it's gonna be a rough week this week for Jimbo Fisher down there on his bye week. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Stay with us. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. 
Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like the show on Facebook. Let's go to the Beatty Chevrolet text box this morning. It's a great morning. Been outside so far? Uh, have you been outside this morning? Unfortunately, it oh. is cold. I do not like cold. P- please, please, please bring back the warm weather. Mm-mm. Please. Mm-mm. I know this is this is your type of weather. You you still got your toes out and about when you're walking to the mailbox in the morning, taking the trash down. I got my this dad is not my type on. of weather. I, I got my dad up. shoes on. I got my Brooks on right now. Brooks. Dylan Brooks. I got my ninety yeah. nines. Got my Brooks on right now. I'm in my dad's shoes and some and some shorts. You know I love this weather. Um, if you love trucks, Betty Chevrolet is a place for you. New 2023. Chevrolet Silverados, 1,500 models up to $7,500 off MSRP, 0% financing, no payment for 90 days, and $1,000 uh, allowance. That is Baby Chevrolet and BaityChevrolet.com. Um, SCVFL, we're winning games. What else do we want? 
I don't know what else you want more than winning games at the end of the day. But I think it's fair to assume that at some point you're not going to win a game if you're not having more success in the passing game. And that's not on one person. Um, but you gotta you gotta be more consistent in in the passing game. I think that's I think that's pretty fair to uh, assume. But at the end of the day, Tennessee won a football game, scoring less than thirty points. First time Hypo has done that. First time Hypo has done that, scoring less than thirty points, and there's been more conversation about Joe than it has been about. James Pierce, Tyler Barron, this defensive front, uh, Kamal Haddon continuing to get his hands on footballs and make plays uh, from his position. He's a lockdown corner. Yeah, like, let, let's put things in perspective here. Like, Well, it's what I was kind of saying last break, Swain, or last segment. We've reached a point as football fans to where unless you are – scoring X amount of points and doing so by X amount of highlights on on the offensive side of the football, it's, it's not celebrated the the same way. Uh, And I don't, I don't know why we we've reached this, this point, if it's because all of the, the highlights we we like to throw on, on social media and, and and think that that that's what we need to see on Saturdays to to be a hundred percent happy. But I, I just don't, I, I think the the new age offenses have kind of spoiled fans. I I, I guess I, I guess that's that that could be a a reason why. But th- this is a, a again I said it. It's a good football team, uh, and it is perfectly okay to win in the fashion that Tennessee won on Saturday by running the football down Texas A and M's throat by Tennessee's offensive line manhandling Texas A&M's very talented defensive front. I mean, doing, I mean, just being ultra physical with them. So, some of the photos that, that have come from uh, Saturday's game of, of, of Javante Spragans blocking and, and John Campbell Jr. blocking and, and Cooper Mays blocking have, have been really cool. Uh, and, and defensively as well, Tyler Barron getting after Max Johnson, uh, Bryson Eason playing the best football of his career. I mean, he, he was terrific on that first, and second down play at the goal line uh, after D. Williams fielded that punt. I mean, he, he blew up both run plays to to allow Tennessee to force a, a three and out there and, and set up the D. Williams punt return for a touchdown. James Pierce Jr. is a first-round pick if he can stay healthy here in an, another year and a half. He is arguably the best edge rusher in, in the SEC right now, and there are so many others playing great football on, on the defensive side of the ball and and I understand the concerns with Joe moving forward and and how that can hamper you winning games in the future but it's also okay to put that on the back burner and appreciate the style in which Tennessee won on Saturday because it's also okay to win games in that style unbelievable play by D Williams down in the punt and then he comes back and he returns it for a touchdown a great job with our return team not getting any penalties um also a really good job by a special teams unit. You know, Anaya Smith and D. Williams are two of the better punt returns in the, in the league. And 
uh, on the Big Orange Countdown, one of my keys was which punt returner is going to help their team win? Who's going to have the bigger day? Well, Anon Smith had zero returns for zero yards. Zero for zero and had one kickoff return that kind of scared me for 23 yards. But Tennessee special team, Mike Eckler did a really good job. You don't think what happened in the South Carolina game pissed him off giving up that fake punt? It dang sure did. I thought special teams was better. I thought special teams won the game um, for, for Tennessee. When offense is not uh, producing the points you wanted to produce, you got to lean on other parts of your, of, of your team. And this Tennessee football team was able, was able to do that. So uh, I like to tell the whole entire story. There's other guys that have some great performances that are not talked about uh, like they should be. Um, offensive line, defensive line, guys in the secondary. I'm happy for our defense because last year they were blamed for the shortcomings of the season. And this year they are playing at a championship level. Simple yes. as that. Well, why, why is the defense not allowed to pick up the offense? That, that, that is, we are no longer in the nineties the and two thousands and, and all football leading up to those years <laughs> where, where uh, the, those type of defensive performances were, were celebrated first and, and, and foremost, but, it's it's just a, a different recipe for success for Tennessee this season. It it just is that they're going to have to 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 run the football. They're going to have to play great defense and maybe make a special teams play or two. And and you don't even have to really have the 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 D Williams punt return for a touchdown to win in special teams either. I mean, with the way Jackson Ross is is punting right now and and Josh Turbyville mostly not allowing any kickoff returns by just booming it through the end zone. Like th- those are little things that, that lead to big things, especially the way Jackson Ross is, is punting the football uh, right now. So it, the, the recipe for Tennessee having success this season is just different, and, and that's okay. It's, it's still a, a recipe for success that can go win in Tuscaloosa this weekend, and it's a, a recipe for success that, that I think can also lead to a win over Georgia. Does that mean that I would – predict it no I just think that they're playing well enough in other areas to to where they can absolutely win the football games that are remaining on their schedule while also recognizing that yes Joe Milton needs to step up make more plays along with his receivers there it is all right let's go to the phones 865-255-03 good morning what's going on player player what up Buck Nastic oh not a lot Buck I've calling in. I've got a ton of questions. Okay. All right, guys, and I know you guys are the foremost authority on all Tennessee football. My question number one: What has it taken? And this don't overthink this, guys. This is dumbed down. The answer to this is as dumb as it can get. What has it taken to beat Nick Saban over the last fifteen years? Uh, last year, it took explosive plays. Elite quarterback play as as what it took to take on Nick Saban and beat him over the last fifteen years. Basically, if you beat Nick Saban, you're going automatically in, in, in the draft, and you're going to be looking good. You know, you look at Hooker, you look at Joe Burrow, you look at Scam Newton, all these other quarterbacks that went out, showed out in the Alabama game, and won. Now. I think it's great 
and we have an awesome defense playing great. I think it take it should take pressure off of Joe for the way that they're playing. And I think it should take pressure off of him because of getting Cooper back. Cooper's looking great. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, the offensive lines run great. The, 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 and it, like y'all just said, you know, the, the kick returns and the punt game and everything has been great uh, here recently after we sheared up a few things from earlier in the season. But if all this pressure's taken off of him, why is he still late and behind or late and high over the middle? You know, and Ben, I, I, you, you alluded to this earlier, okay? Uh, about the tempo, you know, last year we would get up to the line, snap it, hike it, even on the pass plays, and we'd catch them off guard and there would be nobody within 15 yards of a receiver. Are the defensive set in their, their, uh, their base defense in a more of a zone coverage than what they were last year where last year we was catching them in man-to-man constantly on those tempo plays? And if – that's the case. If Joe could hit some over the middle, would it loosen those defense up where they go back to man to man? You asking you asking Ben, or you you asking you asking well, I, me? I, I, my point earlier with that Buck Nasty is that I I thought a lot of the up tempo that that Tennessee was was really quick to to get up and, and snap the ball led to those defenses being confused and. You're just not seeing Tennessee play at the same tempo uh, that that they were the past two years. I, I do think absolutely that Joe hitting some passes over the middle of the field w- would help loosen some things up. But I, I think the reason you're, you're not seeing the, the the big explosive play because you caught the defense off guard, I think that's been because they're not utilizing the tempo as much as they have the previous two years. And like I said earlier, I do think that's a result of maybe the confidence that, that they have in, in the quarterback at the moment. That, that's my opinion on, on why they're not going up-tempo uh, as much. I, I know the coaches publicly have liked to say, well, you can't go up-tempo when you, you get behind the sticks, and that's absolutely correct. Uh, but I also don't feel like they've been as far behind the sticks uh, against South Carolina and against Texas A&M as, as they were earlier in the season. So I, I – I think they're purposefully not going as fast if even if they don't want to admit that publicly. Okay. You know, I was wondering about that, you know, like last year, it seemed like the defenses set a base defense in man when we'd use our tempo and then we would catch them, you know, but this year it doesn't seem that way. And then um, we look at Joe's stats from the last game, what he had about a hundred yards passing. Is that am I remembering this correctly? I, I had a whole lot of crown apple that yeah, day. Yeah, hundred hundred yards passing. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really throw the wide receiver screen uh, as much uh, as what we've been used to seeing so far this season, where a lot of Joe stats have been padded from. And so, I know you don't want to turn Nico loose in Tuscaloosa. That that's. That is a recipe for disaster for his confidence, for his ability, for everything. Um, but what about uh, Gaston Moore, a guy that's been there for a while, you know, that's been with Heifel for a long time, seen a lot of stuff, um, and could actually uh, maybe hit some of those passes across the middle. I don't know what his arm is for deep balls, you know, but uh, maybe click the offense a little bit better if, if you got a – you know, a guy that's been in the program for a long time and understands what we're trying to do. 
But Nancy, you, you, you for real? Third string quarterback? <laughs> Did I get you with that one? I seen that on Twitter. Thought it was hilarious. Dude. Man. You, you, yeah, you almost you almost got me. Gassed him. You gassed thought him I was more. dead serious with that, didn't you? Gassed him more. No, no. no listen, uh, but Nasty, and thank you so much for the phone call. You made a really good point at the beginning of your call. Um, your point was about what is it going to take to beat a Nick Saban defense? You got to have explosive plays. When you, when you look at the quarterbacks and the teams that have beaten Nick Saban, you, you think about you know Deshaun Watson, you think about Johnny Manziel and Chad Kelly and um, Bo Wallace. Um, you, you think about dynamic quarterback play. You know the Cam Cam Newton. You you reference and, and mention him. Uh, you know Trevor Knight. You know threw for three hundred and something yards. You know in the Sugar Bowl win. Um, Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn, Jared Stidham. Now, Hendon Hooker. Yeah, Hendon Hooker. But how about this? Uh, Brandon Cox beat Nick Saban. That was a long time ago. Don't want to reference that one. That was 2007. But I got I got one that stands out. Again, I'm not disagreeing with anybody about criticisms to the passing game. Because for the most part, I'm with I'm with I'm with you. 2019. That wasn't too long ago. And this goes to show you, like, in a football game, anything can happen. It's weird. It's weird. Tennessee throws for 100 yards from the starting quarterback. And Tennessee wins against a team that has the most talent in everybody in the country except for about three or four programs. <laughs> like, and runs the football for 230 against a defense that was top 10 versus the rush. It makes no sense. 2019 made no sense when Alabama played Auburn. Bo Nix was 15 for 30. 173 yards, one touchdown. Ben, do you think that was a low-scoring game or a high-scoring game? With that stat line from Bo Nix. Probably a low-scoring game. And that was bad Bo Nix, not the the new and improved Bo Nix. Auburn won 48-45, to man. They won 48 to 45 in that game. They had two pick sixes. <laughs> like, anything can happen. You got to find a way. You got to find a way. And that's what Heupel and his staff have to do. They got to find a way. Because the magic bullet is not changing the quarterback right now. That's not the magic bullet. You don't have to like the play of Joe Milton, I get it. You don't have to like it. But I'm telling you the answer, the fix right now is not just replacing the quarterback. Now, if you want to go replace the quarterback, you want to go play some, you know, some receivers, and you can go to the transfer portal, and and, and there's a, a group of just ballers in the portal at midseason that you can grab from. We know that's not realistic, but like if you want solutions, that's the only solution. We're not dynamic on the outside. We're not good as good as we need to be on the outside. And so that puts a more pressure on Joe. Um, 
and we haven't handled it the way we need to. We got to be better. So, got to find a way to be one point better this weekend. And when you have defense, the way Tennessee has defense and the ability to rush the passer, you got a chance in any game you play. Any game. And you can run yep. the football and rest your defense. Part of the reason why the tempo is not as fast is because you don't think our own coaches know that we're not explosive on the outside? Why are we going to rush up, rush to punt the ball and put our defense back on the football field tired? No, we got a good defense. Let's let's help them out a little bit. That's a good point. So let's slow this thing down. Let's run the football. We don't have explosive uh, playmaking ability right now on the outside. I like a 100% rested up James Pierce and Tyler Barron and company rushing the passer. Yep. And against this Alabama offensive line, I'm going into Tuscaloosa expecting Tennessee's defensive line to win its matchup against Alabama's offensive line. This Alabama offensive line has a ton of talent but the production does not match the Alabama offensive lines of the past. There's there's talk about whether or not J.C. Latham should start at right tackle, whether Seth McLaughlin should start at center. Uh, they, they're having snapping issues there at Alabama. They can't run the football. They they cannot run the football. And, and you know, McClellan, Jace McClellan, I, I think he's a, a really solid back. But he's not the the typical Alabama running back that that instills fear in you. He's no, he, he's, he's no Jalen Wright. No, not at all. And and yeah, I was gonna say he's no Derrick Henry or or Eddie Lacy, and and those are maybe extreme examples that's, to use. But extreme, like you just said, he's not even a a Jalen Wright. So like th- this this is a game where I expect Tennessee's defense to have success uh, are there things that concern you about Alabama's offense if you're Tim Banks absolutely uh Jalen Milrow although sporadic uh he, he is he is a, a more than capable playmaker getting out of the pocket and and extending plays he he, he is a walking explosive play if if you allow him to, to get out of the pocket and, and use his legs and th- there have been some pretty deep balls that he has thrown this season uh, that that seems to to be what he does best, um, but like this past weekend against Arkansas, the two deep balls that he had were because Arkansas just blew coverage in the secondary, uh, allowed two guys to to run wide open, uh, the, which obviously helps Jalen Milrow when when he can just throw it up there and hope for the best, and, and nobody's around the receiver, and and they're obviously able uh, to come down uh, with the football, so. This is absolutely a, a winnable game for, for Tennessee this weekend uh, in Tuscaloosa, um, but they they certainly will need better quarterback play going forward. You 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 can win with this style as we have talked about, but it certainly certainly would help if, if the passing game uh, would step up and make some plays for you to take off pressure off off that running game. Uh, Swain, before we get out of here, do do want to mention the great work that Jennifer Morris does and. Uh, we we mentioned last week her new development that she has over at Keller uh, Williams Realty, and and that is that she has created, or she she now owns an expansion team that is serving East Tennessee through Keller Williams Realty, uh, that is called Next Move Smoky Mountains. 
uh, that allows her to serve over 40 U.S. locations, and she is very excited to, to get to work with this network and, and be able to help out uh, Swain Event listeners and, and Tennessee fans all over uh, the country. Uh, but she did want me to pass this note along today. If you are in uh, the the real estate market looking to buy a house or rent a house or, or do whatever, I, I do encourage you to reach out to Jennifer. And she wanted me to tell you that our rental rates do seem to be rising again around Knoxville, but not to worry uh, about buying if you don't think that you can afford it. Just call her, talk to her, and and you all together can figure it out. So uh, we talk about it all the time. Jennifer Morris is the GOAT. Reach out to her if you need any real estate help. Love it. Love it. All right, folks. Um, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, Electrical. Special deals going on right now. Half off HVAC tune-ups. Also, $99 for the drain cleaning special. If you have some issues with your with your drain, this is the perfect time to take advantage of an awesome deal right now with Hiller. Uh, other things, items you have around your home, let Hiller take care of it. Happy you'll be or the service is free guarantee is always in place. Uh, for more details, go to the website, happyhiller.com. All right, folks. Good talk. Good to see you on uh, Saturday, Ben. I it was wish good that- to see you as well. Saw you a couple times. Saw you uh, pregame after chopping it up with, with Eric Berry and, and then saw you on the field with, with five five or so minutes to go in the game. That's right, man. That's right. That was a electric atmosphere. Uh, we stepped up to the plate. Loud is not just loud inside Neyland Stadium. There's a standard. There's Neyland Loud, and, t- and Tennessee fans met that standard on Saturday. Uh, it was an electric atmosphere. Uh, that's why we're different. So uh, it was great. Look forward to the next home game. But for the next two, we'll be on the road. We be- we'll be back on Thursday, 8 a.m. Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center studio. Peace. And much love. We are out.